Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. Well, come on, let's give it up for Pastor Phil. Beautiful. He never stops stretching us. I'll tell you, I was sitting in a meeting, business meeting with him this week, and uh, we were meant to be doing business, but he starts to preach vision, and we're all feeling ourselves being enlarged even further. Uh, that's what I love about the boss. He's, uh, now what we're doing here today is because of what he and Pastor Chris have imparted into this place, so I'm um, deeply grateful for them. Hey, turn with me to Daniel chapter 6, Daniel chapter 6, and we're going to look at the story of uh, the, uh, in the Old Testament of Daniel, and today he's going to be an example to us of what it means to make a difference. That's the topic today. We're in a series called Life on Purpose, and uh, we've looked at a number of things connected to our vision. Our, pur- our vision is to see our city for Christ. Uh, our purpose is to see every person transformed uh, in Christ and empowered for purpose. So uh, we, we looked at the first week that there is a river, and that river is meeting the Dead Sea lost humanity, that every person uh, is coming to Christ. We looked then at Transformed, which we had. We had 15 preachers over that weekend in all our services, the five by five. How amazing was that? Uh, five minutes of five preachers. Uh, last week, we looked at, um, at uh, next steps, taking your next step, uh, that you can go deeper. And today, I want to look, about, look at uh, you making a difference. Daniel's a great example for us. Um, Many years ago, in 1992, I stepped into one of, the first, uh, one of the first team leading experiences I had. I was given a team of uh, people to lead in youth ministry. Um, we would take a bus out on the street, and, and the bus was emptied of seats, uh, and we kitted out to serve drinks and things. It was like a mobile youth center, uh, and we would go talking to the youth, bring them on the bus, get chatting and give them cookies and whatever. Uh, and, uh, but I, what I found was um, I would come back frustrated each time because I, it just wasn't working for me. In fact, we saw very little fruit through doing that at all, um, which is probably less to do with the youth and more to do with me uh, not being in my sweet spot. But I learned a whole lot in those years where I was leading some teams, this wasn't my first experience, but it was not my last experience of not feeling like I quite fit. But I would come home, and as I would pray, there would be this cry in my heart that would go, God, I just want to make a difference. Anybody ever had that cry where you've gone, God, I just want to make a difference? Almost, you almost don't care in what area that is or how that happens, but you just want to make an impact. You, you just want to see him at work and you feeling like, I was born for this. Now, one thing I did learn was I was born for leadership. And so the one thing I got out of those years was, okay, I'm meant to be the leader. I'm not necessarily meant to be the one who's got the gift to be able to, to do this thing itself. Uh, you can be a leader without being the technical expert. Uh, which is a wonderful relief. 
uh, please, you know, um, let's not put burdens on pastors and make them the person who's meant to be good at everything. Uh, I'm not meant to be good at that much. As long as I can preach and lead, that's all I need to do. I don't need to be able to uh, care for people. <coughs> I don't need to be able to operate the sound desk. I don't need to be able to lead worship. Uh, there's a whole heap of things I don't need to be able to do, but I need to be able to lead and I need to be able to communicate. They're the two gifts God's given me. So when I found my sweet spot, I'm going, boom, here we go. Let's operate in that and we begin to make a difference. But here's the point. Whether you feel like right now you're in your sweet spot or not is not so important as you having the utter desire to want to make a difference. You may be sitting in a team right now going, it's not quite my sweet spot. It's okay. You're on a journey to discovering what it is. The most important thing is you do what you've been given to do, saying, this will matter. This will count. I may not have the gift of smiling, but I will smile at anybody who comes into this church. I will make their day, and you will be making a difference. So let's read from Daniel uh, 6. Uh, verse 1, we're going to read the first four verses. It says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, so that's uh, officers, to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three high officials, of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Okay, let's get some context right here. Daniel is an exile in Babylon. He doesn't belong there. It's not a place that he fits in. Uh, Babylon... Uh, was anti-God. In fact, it went so extreme at one point, they made, the, made, made their king the God, King Nebuchadnezzar, and forced everyone to bow down to him, which Daniel refused to do because he served our God. Uh, and so he ended up in a po- at a point where these guys were trying to set him up for a fool, couldn't find any fault. So they said, well, we'll make a decree. We'll make a law that says you cannot worship anything or anybody other than King Nebuchadnezzar. Otherwise, we'll throw you to the lions. And uh, if, you've, if you grew up in church, you'll know the story of Daniel and the lion's den and how the, the hungry lions were, were, were trying to grasp after Daniel, but the angel came and silenced them and calmed them down. And Daniel survived that night in the pit. Uh, to the amazement of Nebuchadnezzar, who in the morning goes, oh, this is, this is incredible. What are people doing worshiping me? But you know, Daniel finds himself, through his skill and his ability and his ambition, finds himself serving in one of the greatest places, in one of the places of great honor in the land, in the palace itself. One of three people overseeing 120 um, provincial uh, uh, government leaders and, and therefore holding one of the three most important positions in the land, he would have done that out of his skill. But what we notice is this. It wasn't his skill that got him promoted to the one that oversaw the, th- oversaw the other two. 
It wasn't his ability that got him promoted. It says there in verse 3 and 4, it says, it says, Daniel was given authority over the others because an excellent spirit was in him. In verse 4 it says, Daniel was promoted over the others because he was faithful. Everyone say faithful. Everyone say excellent spirit. These are the two qualities that Daniel had. Now I've called this message the Daniel Dilemma, born to make a difference. You're born to make a difference. You're not born to be ordinary. You're born to be extraordinary. Every person that's ever born on earth was intentionalized by God himself. Before even creation was uh, designed, God had you in mind, and he had you in mind to be born now at this time in history to be a history maker. He, he brought you here on purpose. Whether you feel that or not, you are here to make a difference. You're here on purpose. Your life is meant to count. And so the, the, the dilemma was this. Daniel was in a land that didn't fit him. He was in a culture that didn't fit him. And yet he, he seemed somehow, without leaving that culture, managed to live a different sort of a life. Now, I've got to be honest with you. Ever since I've been a follower of Christ, I've felt like I don't fit nearly anywhere I go. I didn't feel like I fit, fitted in high school. I didn't feel like I fitted in amongst my work colleagues. Uh, I, I don't feel like I fit in many places. The parties I go to, it, it feels like I don't fit. Uh, and uh, let me explain to you that that is actually a good thing, not a bad thing. Let me just demonstrate to you uh, what I mean by that. Um, if, if this jacket represents... Um, uh, selfish ambition, if it, meant, mean, if it represents multiple sexual partners, if it meant, means uh, being greedy for uh, money, if it means that I get my self-worth from recognition from other people, uh, I'm just describing to you maybe a certain climate in which you understand then don't you think it's pretty good that it doesn't fit? It, it won't fit. It's probably a real good thing, right, that I don't feel I fit in this culture. It's probably a pretty good thing that you don't fit. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that sometimes I have to help people do is help them get out of their jacket because as a Christian they felt like they've needed to fit and embrace the culture because they felt like they've needed to fit in. Because if I fit in, surely people would identify with me and I have a chance to witness for Christ, but it of course never works because whilst you're adopting the world's culture, you fit in and you never stand out. And there's the difference. What you'd be better to do is go, well, this is not a culture that is meant to fit anyone. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, you were never born for this. You were never born to find your identity in other people's approval. You were never born to have multiple sexual partners. You were never born to, uh, to encourage your sense of joy and excitement with, with chemicals. You were, you were never born for 
for uh, getting your meaning out of performance and, 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 and aggr- nothing wrong with ambition, but aggressive ambition. That is not meant to fit you, and that's why we have a growing burnout rate. That's why we have people committing suicide at a higher rate than we've seen previously. Because as they've had multiple sexual partners, they found themselves unsatisfied and they end their lives. It's one of the largest reasons for suicide is, is gender issues. You'd be better off finding what fits you. Righteousness, joy in the Holy Spirit, being armless, there we go, peace, holiness, you'll be better to stick on the jacket that is meant to work for you, freedom in Christ. And so Daniel He refused to try and fit himself in this mold. Instead, he took on and maintained the mold. He refused to dance to that tune. Have you ever been at a party and everyone's on the dance floor and you just don't know those moves? Uh Uh-huh. I find myself there frequently. Peter, maybe you could just help me with... (laughs) It doesn't fit quite as well as I thought. There we go. <laughs> nice one. Uh, and and, and uh, you, only know, you only know how to slow dance. And this song is really speedy. You have no idea how to fit in that groove, so you just do your slow dance while everybody else is doing the fast dance. And you're not dancing to that tune. Everyone's looking at you going, what tune is he dancing to? Well, that was Daniel. He found himself dancing to a different tune. Whilst everybody over here was dancing to another tune. And what we see with Daniel is he maintains his integrity. And so I want to show you two things in these next few minutes. And then I want to pray for you all. Two things that Daniel did to make a difference and create an impact. If our goal is to make an impact, there are two, two wings that will help us fly and make a difference, and that is an excellent spirit and a spirit of devotion, which is my way of expressing faithfulness. He was faithful. He had an excellent spirit and a spirit of devotion. Let's just look at these two things from it, because if we can get this, I'm going to be able to set you up for making a difference in this life. I will set you up for success in a way that other, other techniques will not set up. You can read as many. I read a lot of leadership management books. They're all excellent. They'll take you so far only. What I'm about to tell you will take you all the way. It'll help you tap into what Christ has got for you to make a difference. Excellent spirits. What is excellent spirit? What excellent spirit is not, it is not the spirit of excellence. The spirit of excellence is really important. I believe in the spirit of excellence. I believe that doing things excellently is a, re- is a representation of uh, an ability to bring glory to God as we do the best we possibly can with what we've been given. But an excellent spirit goes beyond your ability to do with what you've been given. It goes into a God realm. The spirit of excellence is turning up on time, possibly even early. The spirit of excellence is uh, looking after your hygiene and 
and your health. The spirit of excellence is finishing what you start. The spirit of excellence is making everything you do excellent. One of my day, nearly daily uh, mantras or confessions I make is, uh, today I will do my best and some. Because it's only when I do more than my best, I begin to make a difference. It's one of the things I confess every day. It's good to do your best. It's good to look and think, how can I make this excellent? But that will only get you so far. An excellent spirit, as we see it in the story of Daniel, and, and it can be many things, but I'm picking on Daniel as an illustration. We see four particular things. The first is this. It's humility. An excellent spirit is humble. In Matthew 11, verse 11, uh, we're told that John the Baptist, have we got it there? I think we have. Matthew 11, 11 says, Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist, yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. If you've heard of John the Baptist, you may not have, but if you have, would you reckon he was a great man? Would you reckon he made a difference? The forerunner to Christ prepared the way. And yet this verse is telling us we can become greater than. How do we become greater than? By becoming the least. How do we do that? It's not talking about pulling yourself down. It's about being so secure in who you are in Christ, you're happy to elevate others. It's about not being self-consumed. Humility is the ability to say, Jesus, I need you. When was the last time you actually say, Jesus, I need you and meant it? Not as, a, not as just a, a good Christian prayer, but you actually knew that your life was running with such vision and such pace and you were living right there on the edge that you knew you were at the end of your skill set. You were at the end of your capability. You needed him. I love living in that zone. Love and hate it, actually, but uh, I primarily try and love it. Try and, if, if I'm not living on the edge, I'll try and make up a new thing that puts me on the edge. So now I have to trust in a new way. It's a beautiful thing to be able to say, it's a humble thing to be able to say, Jesus, I need you. I need you before anything else. It's okay to say, I need other people. You will never achieve your future on your own. You're just not that good. God's vision of your future is so big, you're not good enough to fulfill it. You need him and you need others. Humility is the confession that says, I need him first. Then there's the spirit of faith. Spirit of faith is that spirit that says, I see beyond the edge. I look beyond where I'm at now. I'm prepared to look beyond my ability. I am compelled. I, I am. I am. I am. So Daniel, how did Daniel? How did Daniel hold his himself before God? He didn't use faith for goals. So you got you got faith for goals. You didn't find him on his knees three times a day in front of a window praying. Uh, you know, I'm believing God you provide my daily bread. I'm believing God that. I'll find a wife. I'm believing God. Now, he, I'm sure he was doing all that stuff, but what you see him doing is, God, in the midst of these circumstances, I lay, I, I lay hold of you. My faith isn't so much for goals. My faith is in you. That you would be doing something extraordinary. When I see our church, 
I begin to see a thousand people. That's a number. That's a goal. And I believe for that. But more than that, I begin to picture people crying and, and laughing. And I, I see the signs of life transformation. I see this place filled with the glory of God as we're in worship. I see a picture that cannot be described in quantity, but in, in expression and experience and quality. I see a move of God throughout our city. I, I see apartments with people living in them who have never heard of Christ before, never grew up in church, but God is already beginning to work in their hearts. He's divinely preparing them and has been for years for a moment where one day they'll bump, bump into one of us and we'll bring them to church and their lives will get transformed. And we're going to see a revolution of that all over our city. That's what faith does. It, it reaches beyond, not just goals, but it reaches to a picture of where God lives. It's prepared to put your faith in Him, no matter what's going on, no matter what's thrown at you. Daniel was threatened with being thrown into the lion's den, and he goes, I'm going to pray anyway. But if you pray, Daniel, you're going to die. I love my God. I serve my God. I have decided whom I will serve. I've decided whom I will follow. He had a spirit of faith. In, 18, in 1866, there was a guy called Robert Thomas. He was a Welsh missionary. Some good things come out of the United Kingdom, right? I'm a missionary from there. Careful what you say about Brexit. It's a good thing. Someone had to do it first. Um, <laughs> I said that on the wrong side of the water. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> Who wants the next sip? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not anywhere on the political divide. I voted against it, but I'm now for it. And where was I? Brexit? No, before Brexit. <laughs> oh, missionaries! That's right, missionaries. Robert Thomas is right. In 1866, 27 years old, was a missionary in China, and he felt compelled to go to Korea at that time. They had just killed 8,000 Catholic converts. So it was not the time to go to Korea as a believer. Bad, bad moment. Robert, choose another time. Let it all calm down and then sneak in somehow. But not Robert. He goes, now is the time to reach Korea. God's compelling me to go. I've got to go. So he jumps on a boat and he goes to Korea. He goes twice and he throws New Testaments onto the shore. The second time he gets captured by a group of soldiers and just before he's executed, he hands over a Bible to one of the soldiers. A little while later, some people visit the house of a soldier who's wallpapered his walls in the pages of the Bible. Now people from all around are visiting that house, reading the Bible on his wall. And a church is birthed in that town. Did Robert make a difference? Yes, he made a difference. Did he do it without challenge? No. You are not called into the kingdom for an easy life. You are not called into the kingdom for your life to be uh, uh, one bed of roses. Smell the roses, the walk in the park. Not at all. You are here to fight the good fight of faith. Whatever's thrown at you, you have faith to go, I will persist, which was my next point, but I've got to move on quick. Well, you will per persist because 
Um, you are expecting, which is my next point, I've just seen the time. You're expecting God to do an incredible thing, but it takes the ability to say, I set my face, no matter what comes against me, I have a call of God to keep on going, to preach the gospel in whatever context you're in, to know that I'm here to make a difference, to grab a hold of everything that God's put in my hand. You see, the spirit, a spirit of excellence says, I give what I've got in my hand. But an excellent spirit says, I give what I've got in my hand and I never complain about what I don't have in my hand. How many times have you caught yourself complaining, oh, I can't do that, I don't have? I don't have enough money, I don't have enough, I'm not ready. That's not a spirit of excellence. That's not an excellent spirit. It might be a spirit of excellence because you're giving what you do have. But an excellent spirit says, I've given what I have. That's all I'm called to do. God can do the rest. I'll never complain about what I don't have. Because I'm faithful with what I do have. So finally, spirit of devotion. Daniel was so devoted, he would pray three times a day and was prepared to be stood up and counted. There comes a point. Thanks, guys. We'll have the whole band up, actually. Awesome. Because you look too relaxed. Get you to work. There comes a point where you've got to decide whom you will serve. Daniel refused to have a foot in both camps. Where he said, yes, I will. I, I'm, I'm a Christian, and, and I'll do Christian things, and I pray, and, but I, I want a foot in this camp as well. Uh, both camps. Both zones. I, I, I want to try and fit in over here as well, even though it doesn't feel like it should fit. But I also want to fit in over here. And, but Danny said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm devoted. I, there's no mixture in my heart. There's no compromise in my soul. My spirit is pure and focused. And so regardless of what was thrown at him, and you'll have stuff thrown at you. You already have had stuff thrown at you. Maybe accusations. I've had people write blogs about me. Uh, not positive ones, by the way. Um, don't try and find them. That just helps them get up the ranking of Google. One of them was Steve Warren fleeces Denmark. They meant Sweden, because that was where I was, but they didn't even get the facts right. That's often what happens with anonymous haters. <clears throat> you will have stuff thrown at you. So what? Does it really matter? If you've got a few haters? Does it really matter if a few people are trying to pull you down? Because if you've got the spirit of devotion that says, what God says about me is all that really counts. Got some trusted people around me, they help create a buffer. That's what really counts got a church that believes in me that's what really counts we're we're on a mission somewhere doing something we're doing something that really counts we're making a difference I know very often we just come to church and go oh, it's a, another Sunday but it's not just another Sunday three or four people made decisions for Christ about an hour and a half ago in this service I don't know how many in Almira where Pastor Lisby's preaching or in Empower Church um, 
where Pastor Louis is preaching this morning. We're making a difference. 150 people joined our church last year. We're making a difference. We're starting Secret Cares in another location this year, north in, in New West. We're making a difference. You're making a difference. You were born for such a time as this. It counts. Oh, I'm just serving coffee. It counts. It's certainly going to count tonight when I break my fast. Coffee. We've already got the mug sitting under the spout of the Nespresso machine. I'm not kidding you. And the arm you lift up to put the capsule in, that arm is already up. It's, it's just waiting for the capsule to be dropped in the thing. You're making a difference. Can we stand to our feet? Thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been, you've been moving away from him. And today I want to invite you to come back to him. Or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now, and I would really love for you to say this prayer with me. And then, straight after this prayer, I would love you to do something for me. But hey, let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past, and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer, today the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus. And we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. God bless you.